Hello everyone, Jay again here for another episode of Jay Walking. And today, in this episode, I have a special guest. And he's a friend. And uh, I want you to listen to his story as he speaks now. I give you now to James. Hello, good day. I'm James Villanueva. I uh, currently work as a guidance counselor. And I'm also a lay consecrated person. So you are a lay consecrated, uh, James. Could you explain to us what does that mean? Uh, it means that I am like everyone else, uh, a lay person, uh, a regular baptized Catholic, but at the same time, I am also fully consecrated to the Lord, meaning to say I am uh, set apart by His calling, and I also set myself apart uh, by responding to that call. And I have my promises to the Lord, and I fully belong to Him while being in the world and in the active uh, world of work. Wow. Uh, would you like to share your, your journey, your story, how you became a consecrated lay person, James? It's a bit long, but I'll try to summarize it. Um, the short version. The short version. So, um, as a child, I, I came from a family who is very, very Catholic. And uh, it was my mother who is a very ardent, ardent Catholic, and she was very active in our parish. And so, uh, my parents raised me as a, as, as a Catholic boy. Um, but uh, during the course of my life, I observed that um, I'm always... Uh, attracted to pious things. Uh, there was this moment when I was very motivated uh, to become a, a holy person, a holy child, because uh, I saw a documentary about young children witnessing apparitions of the Blessed Mother. And so I, I, I was wishing that I could also see perhaps one day the Blessed Mother and I could uh, attain that by becoming a pious a kid. So I was um, dreaming of becoming a, a, a saint uh, at an early age. But soon enough, I forgo have forgotten about that dream. And I w as an adolescent, I, my, my friends used to tease me that because of my pious nature and my, my neat appearance, that I would become a seminarian one day. And that... They were telling me, maybe James, would, you know, it will be good for you if you enter the seminary. But uh, it brought me joy. But at the same time, I did not, I did not uh, take it very seriously. Although I was already attracted to the, the Holy Mass. So each time that um, I would attend Mass, I would feel a certain kind of joy. But then again, I don't, I don't know who to go to or who to ask uh, about these matters. And so I entered college and tried to get into relationships. I tried to focus on work. Uh, had, uh, oh, sorry, uh, college work rather. And tried to establish my dream, my career. And then eventually, uh, when I was already a professional, I was already working as a guidance counselor, that the uh, calling of the vocation came again into my life. And when it uh, knocked on my door the second time around, I did not hesitate to attend to it. So I, I asked people, uh, I asked prayerful people, I asked religious people, what should I do? And uh, someone oriented me to uh, a lay consecrated man who is already a member of the institute where I belong right now. 
and he started inviting me to to go to their um, um, spiritual house. So at first I was uh, ignoring the invitation. I was trying to, I was afraid in a, in a way. But then again, uh, I said to myself, okay, if I, uh, this guy won't stop if I keep on refusing. So okay, I'll, I'll just say yes and give it a try. And so I gave I gave it a try and. Ever since I, I came, I, I established contact with this with this group, and afterwards I was invited to to the World Youth Day 2011 in Madrid, and that was the time when my uh, vocation got validated. Maybe there was a grace in the World Youth Day celebrations, so it was then that uh, firmly inside my heart I said to myself, I will try formation, and it was only during the formation that. I was that that um, that feeling that attract attraction to that uh, call was firmly established and firmly vi- uh, validated, and so I discovered uh, a different kind of joy that until now I still possess. Even if uh, you know I've been, I, I was I'm not very. Uh, it was just recent that I pronounced my vows, but uh, that joy remained. In my heart, and it's the the joy that I bring to, hopefully I bring to people uh, that I meet every day as a lay consecrated person. Thank you, James, for sharing your your story and your vocation. Uh, I think that was I don't know if you still remember this way back 2013. I think it's th- that's the first time I met you and I saw you. It was a Lenten retreat at. Uh, in Canto Bulacan at the NDV, I think that was the first time. Uh, I was a student back then and also trying to answer the call of God and trying to uh, continue my journey to to God. And I think that time you were, during that time you were already considering or to join a religious group or a religious community. During that time, I was uh, already preparing to start the formation. So it was um, it was around 2013 that I said to my employer, "Okay, I can no longer continue for the moment because I would have to attend to something very personal to me." So I tended my resignation and then I started formation um, elsewhere, and I came back only in 2017. Okay, so oh, that was 2013. That was how many years ago? That's almost six years ago. Wow, what a journey. Okay, so uh, our episode today, we are going to talk about um, things about our our journey as a as Christians, our faith stories, even our vocation. So uh, before you entered, and even until now, you are still practicing your should I say day job? Okay, you are a guidance counselor. Okay. Uh, what what are some of the things you enjoy about being a guide, guidance counselor and how did you uh, be, become a guidance counselor? So I um, I'd actually never expected that I'd, I'd become a guidance counselor. Uh, when I was uh, a graduating high school student, my career path was very unclear. We did not have guidance counselors be- in our school before. So I did I did not have any proper career guidance and counseling. So I, w- I was aiming for accountancy or mass communication, uh, but I did not make it to accountancy. And so I was thinking, okay, maybe uh, because of the awards that I was getting in uh, during high school, 
maybe I'm uh, something related to to writing or yes. to portraying, um, you know, acting yes. <laughs> and um, literature. So uh, maybe I, I'm meant for for this kind of uh, uh, career. But then again, luckily during that uh, during those times, um, colleges offer general education first for the first two years of uh, your schooling and so before i stepped on the third year level uh, i was given the chance to really finalize which course i will going to take Uh, and during that time because of my prior experience to a a psychology subject i was interested to take um, behavioral science so it became my major and uh, but so i graduated from ust uh, behavioral science in UST is actually a preparation for um, human resource management. So it's like industrial psychology. Um, so I was, I was uh, during that time I was dreaming of becoming the the a good, a very good um, human resource manager. But when I was already looking for a job, um, the the first opportunity that opened to me was uh, a guidance counselor post. And so I said to myself, okay, I'll take this one for an experience, but I will eventually I will uh, go to my dream. Going back, I go back to my dream. But when I was uh, already a guidance counselor, I kind of uh, fell in love with the job. And so I find myself uh, really happy. So this the answer to your second question, uh, what makes me happy about being a guidance counselor? Um, working and talking to young people, I think it's, uh, it's my passion. Uh, especially uh, providing or giving them, lending, lending them my ear, um, encouraging them, and uh, guiding them career-wise, it, it brings me joy. So I, I, I think I found my um, my mission in in this uh, kind of job, and even though also I I am also inclined to teaching, but I have a lot of friends who who are inviting me to teach, but. My response to them is always, um, there are not enough guidance counselors in the Philippines. So as long as it's still needed, I I think I this still my mis- will be my mission. Um, so it, day by day, it, it gives me encouragement and happiness to, you know, to to work with these young people to let them see um, their to to empower them in short. Um, and for for me, that's a it's a kind of a fulfillment fulfillment that I can't get anywhere else. Okay, uh, as a guidance counselor, what do you think? What in your journey as a guidance counselor, what were some of the most inspiring stories you have encountered in dealing and hearing stories from students? Uh-huh. So I've I've been working as a guidance counselor for about eleven years now. So picking one would be rather hard, <laughs> but um, I can recall some that are inspiring in, in a way that, you know, uh, in the Philippines it's very common to have parents working abroad and um, leaving their child or their children to the grandparents or other guardians to supervise their studies or to, to take care of them. Um, but there was this one experience that I I find I find um, impressive, because even though the mother was working abroad and the father left the family, 
um, and only the grandparents were raising the, the two kids, these two kids uh, grew up to be fine uh, young men and lady who are embedded with the values and very much Catholic. So I, I, for me, it's a record breaker, one of the record breakers that we can uh, mention because um, not every OFW family is uh, like that. So for me, it's a, there, there's a grace of God in that kind of journey. And um, that's one of the impressive things that you know, I find inspirational. And there are many more, but uh, for now, that's the first thing that came into my mind. Thank you for sharing that story. So we both actually work with students. I, I am a teacher and you're a guidance counselor. And um, we can also say that we have some observations to how young people today think, young people today uh, show their, their personality, their character. Uh, since you, you mentioned about uh, vocation a while ago and you shared your vocation, I think it is also very essential for young people today to understand uh, what vocation is because I think some pe young people would tend to understand that vocation is sort of like there's a light coming from heaven and then uh, there's a, a choir of angels around you and you are called to be uh, a saint right away or you are a priest right away or you are in a religious community right away. Could you explain to us more what really is vocation and how do you really respond to it? Okay, so first of all, uh, uh, we normally hear vocation in terms of a career. Like for example, we say that parenthood is a vocation or teaching is a vocation. So generally, we call them vocation because um, even if the rewards are not that um, good or are not that high, uh, we stay there because it gives us fulfillment and we know that we're doing something um, uh, for the greater good or something good in, in general. But when it comes to um, uh, a vocation to a consecrated life or a life that is completely uh, given to God, um, it is a kind of vocation that is uh, particularly special in the sense that... Um, uh, it is the Lord who really calls people to a much closer relationship to Him for a particular kind of uh, mission or a particular kind of job. As Christians, as Catholics, um, we are all of us are called to to spread the word of God, to bring the the, the kingdom of God here on earth. So all of us has a general kind of vocation, but. This uh, uh, people who belong to the consecrated life have a special kind of vocation in the sense that um, God separated them for the purpose of sending them elsewhere. So um, one important element in, in, in discerning if uh, a person has or, uh, or do not have a vocation is that first and foremost, we should recognize who is the one calling. So it is not you know the, what the, the Lord said to his uh, disciples before, it is I who chose you, it's not you who chose me. It's really true. So uh, a vocation is not something that we can choose as, uh, just like we choose a career. It is not our desire to enter, but first and foremost, it's the Lord who chooses 
and it's the, the Lord who identifies who he will choose. So that's the first and most important element because even though uh, no matter how we want to become a priest or no matter how we become to want a religious nun or a religious, religious brother or a lay consecrated person, if the Lord does not call us for that kind of life, it will not push through. So one important element is that um, who is the one calling? So there's the, the calling that comes from the Lord and uh, uh, the second important element is the response. So how do you respond to that? So that's uh, the process of, uh, uh, that's the process wherein discernment comes in, in our way. So th there's what we call the vocational discernment. And usually this is done, uh, this is usually not done alone. So normally we, it's, it's better that we uh, find a spiritual director or someone who can guide us along this way, uh, someone who could validate uh, that what we, f we are feeling, what we are undergoing, the things that are uh, happening in our lives. And um, to put it simply, vocation is um, a call to love, all right? Um, not immediately to love other people or to, to, to love the world, but towards love, meaning to say, um, when you are being called to this special kind of relationship with the Lord, you are invited to approach this great flame of love so that you can be transformed in that flame. And being transformed, you become the flame for other people or for the world. You become these these other Christs, uh, but in a very special and particular way. Well, those are really nice words. A call to love. Okay, that's one thing that young people I think needs to ponder on. That vocation is a call really to to love more, even more, not just to to career, to person, and so on, but something greater. Okay, and as a teacher, I have met and encountered young people and some would tell their stories also especially their faith and their spiritual life i've encountered some and they would uh, mention uh, sir how do you know if you are really called uh, i feel like i want to do something more um, i saw i saw a certain person and what he did what she did was very very inspiring i would like to be like them uh, what do you think are some of the things that these young people would uh, would do so that uh, they could reach that uh, that call that they are feeling? So, uh, as young people, uh, they get very excited about the things that uh, come along their way, um, most especially the experiences that are new. Uh, for someone uh, who you know, uh, in, in, in my kind of uh, uh, particular kind of life, um, personally, I don't easily label if someone has or do not have a vocation to a consecrated life. Uh, I personally believe that it's uh, a personal revelation of the Lord to that person in love and in prayer. So um, bec I, 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 I was able to say that because in my own experience, um, it was not very clear until I, until I encountered him daily, 
uh, until I encountered him much closely in prayer and in the in in the in simplicity of the formate formation. And for me to 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 say immediately if um, this young man or this uh, young lady has or do not have vocation would be a kind of um, bypassing the Lord and His work in 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 this uh, individual. And so um, I encourage the person to deepen first his or her relationship with the Lord through prayer and uh, to frequent the sacraments all the time, especially the, the Eucharist and also the, the sacrament of confession. And of course, to read uh, the Bible. First and foremost, the Bible. And if he or she can still has more time, um, read the lives of the saints and how they encountered God in their own lives. So for me, um, uh, um, someone who has this desire to, to love God or to serve God more closely in a particular way uh, as in a consecrated person or yeah, a consecrated person um, is a very, very sacred thing that I wouldn't want to cross um, without any precaution. So I, I direct the person to, to prayer first and then what he or she will f discover in that kind of uh, encounter, I will be there to, to I can be there to, to guide or to, to enlighten him or her, but it is the Lord, since it is the Lord who calls first, that person will n know it and uh, in, in God's time. Okay, I think two important points is that your relationship, right? Your relation, especially your relationship with God, and nourishing that relationship through prayer, of course. Okay, I remember. I remember my my own journey also. Way back when I was also in high school, I was actually attracted to. There were actually many religious groups who went to our school. I was in a public school and many religious groups went into that school also but my attention was catched to this another group of brothers they were actually from uh, the rogationists mm. i remember uh, in my high school years i was not really an active uh, church member I, just a normal boy had lots of friends and church was not part of our vocabulary back then and my family was not deeply devout Catholics. But then this these brother from that religious group, when he spoke in front, he was very articulate. His pronunciation was 100% very good. And I was actually attracted to that. And I said to myself, I want, I want to be like him. So I took the exam right away and even dragged my best friend. Join me. We will go to, to Cebu and we will travel there and join this religious group. And to make the story short, to make the story short, I passed the exams and prepared my, myself to enter uh, the seminary. But unfortunately, uh, I think it was also God's will. Unfortunately, I had no benefactor back then. I, I didn't have any sponsors because you no know, priestly studies is also very costly. So I said to my so my parents that I think it's not God's will for me to enter seminary. Maybe I'm I was too young back then. Right? 
but the I remember back then the I could still remember the 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 emotions the feeling of uh, that feeling of being excited always and that feeling of uh, encouragement from other people that and they see and then other people would see that oh probably that's also your journey but then along the way it didn't happen and also now I can say that teaching really is my vocation and probably sooner uh, the mar- uh, married life and uh, since you are with students with young people today uh, how how would you encourage them more aside from their relationship and prayer how would you encourage them more to to develop their spiritual life nowadays it's becoming harder and harder to get young people to to pray or to reflect even yes. because of the lot even of silence, right? even silence, silence because of uh, the many distractions that are around uh, first of all we have the internets and we have um, their gadgets mm-hmm. that uh, changes the, the, the way we communicate to people changes how we present ourselves mm-hmm. and changes how we look into ourselves so um, if they really want to grow in in their spiritual life I think there's no other way but prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, they should be mindful that first of all, that they have a soul, mm-hmm. and that um, this soul also needs nourishment. Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, it is uh, this nourishment can only be satisfied by by the body of Christ, the Holy Eucharist, by through prayer, of course, and through spiritual readings, because you know, uh, faith is uh, really our faith is really nourished uh, by by these reading readings that we have, uh, this encounter with God uh, through the church and through prayer. This one's very important, but there are a lot of temptations right now that they're also facing. So they cannot approach immediately prayer. They cannot approach immediately the mass, uh, given the the many scandals that we have today, and the uh, it's either that or our parish priests are not very effective in their giving their homilies. Um, so given that, young a lot of young people become discouraged in attending mass. So they cannot approach uh, these um, sources of life immediately uh, because of those distractions or because of those things. Um, they should be mindful that they have to go even deeper than what they can see uh, trying to find God not only in the person of the priest but you know in the celebration of the Holy Mass and that uh, a more a, a, a more deep appreciation of the, the Eucharist itself that Christ's presence is really there in the in in the holy host, and of course they should be mindful of how they how the self can be a hindrance to loving other people and to loving God, because um, right now a lot of them are being uh, transformed by the internet, by social media, so the the youth of today are 
you know, have this tendency to focus only on themselves, to only wallow in their problems and the the imperfections of their lives, that they forget to be how to be grateful, how to thank God, and how to you know appreciate what they have, their their blessings. So that's one thing that they can also do, so that they can approach prayer, they can approach mass in a you know with empty hands. Uh, learn to search for God. Learning to be silent, to to disconnect from time to time, and feel that emptiness. And uh, through that emptiness, may they learn to to search for God more. And once they take that first step, all the rest of the actions will be taken by the Lord, because it's the Lord first who waits for them before they even start looking for him okay thank you uh, let's go back to i would like to emphasize on silence i think one of the many things young people today is that they fear silence right now and and i don't know if you're familiar with the band 21 pilots Have you heard of that band before <laughs> 21 pilots and they are a a quite famous American band, and they have this song entitled Car Radio. Uh, but uh, I haven't memorized the lyrics, but actually the thought of that song actually is that the, the singer or the person in the, in the song is that um, he is now distracted because of the silence that he's experiencing because his audio system in his car was gone. And because his audio system in his car is gone, he is now distracted with the silence. And because of that silence, uh, thoughts are coming in, and he fears the silence could be a what a certain void or um, basically the the singer thought of silence as a distraction and not really important to deal with or sort of like afraid of the silence what can you say about this generation of today who are afraid of silence well in silence we discover a lot of things and uh, a professor of philosophy once told me that in silence the first person that we encounter is ourselves and some people are not comfortable with themselves when they encounter themselves in silence because they see all their ghosts, mm -hmm. they see all their demons, uh, their weaknesses, their pasts, the things that they have not resolved yet in their lives. And so for someone who is not used to silence, this can become very, very frightening. Mm -hmm. And um, maybe that's one of the reasons why, why they are afraid of silence. Uh, but every encounter every new encounter especially in an encounter with the truth or an encounter with the self is painful at first yes. just like all other beginnings but accompanying this pain is also a, a door for something greater a door for growth also opens up so uh, when people are afraid of silence because they will they might uh, encounter themselves and see all their pain. I invite them to, to feel the pain even more and to, to, to really face themselves, who they really are. Because it is the person 
um, that God loves to begin with. And this is the person that God is waiting for uh, for a very long time now. And it's the person that um, they have forgotten to, 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 to acknowledge because the, this is the, the, the core of our being, the, the real us, the child in us that we have, you know, uh, through time and through experience, uh, we have forgotten and um, left behind in the, in the closet or in the attic. Nice. I remember a friend of mine before, uh, I invited him to uh, have at least a day of prayer or a recollection. And then he said to me, no, I won't join you. I'm afraid of silence. I might discover something of myself. <laughs> I might discover. And that struck me. And also another point is that uh, the constant bombardment of noise to our young people today. If you go to the streets, if you go to the mall, if you go everywhere, they are, in, they are wearing earphones, headphones. We have that... Um, we see this one always that we need to have a stimulation always to be distract really what i'm trying to say is that we bury really our interiority because of this constant noise from the outside world and and just like what you said a while ago it's very important that we also need to have uh, a meaningful silence and also, one thing that young people should not be afraid of silence because when they do that, rest assured, God is with them when they do that. Okay? So, uh, before we, we end this, this podcast, you mentioned a while ago about spiritual reading. What are some of the books you could recommend to young people today uh, so that they can start uh, have their own spiritual reading? Um, personally, because I my favorite saint is uh, Saint Teresa of Lisieux, of the Child Jesus. So I personally, that's one of my the the, the books that I can recommend uh, young people to read uh, nowadays because it is since it's an autobiography, it's a uh, very personal, and it is written in a very simple way, in a very personal and simple way, and so I believe that the young people of today can get a lot of lessons from there. But I also invite them to read uh, this very small book uh, entitled The Cloud of Unknowing, which actually is a, a guidebook to, to a deeper kind of prayer and uh, an invitation to silence, uh, particularly. Uh, aside from these, of course, uh, what can really inspire young people today is, is to read uh, the lives of saints, no matter who uh, in particular. Um, there are many, like for example, uh, Pierre Giorgio Frassati, uh, Dominic Savio. These are you know young individuals who you know lived a, a life of virtue and a holy life. Um, Chiara Luce Badano also. So if they can um, go to a Catholic bookstore, I encourage them to to go and read this. And of course, not to neglect their Bible reading, especially um, now during the Lenten season. Maybe they can uh, cope up with you know their their um, Bible reading. 
Okay, that's it. So you have the Bible, you have the lives of the saints, the cloud of unknowing. And of personally, I would encourage you listeners to also know the life of these young saints like Pierre Giorgio Frassati, he's a patron saint of the World Youth Day. Yes? Okay, very nice um, saint. And also, this is out of the topic, but you mentioned also a while ago that you love literature. Who are some of your literary heroes? Would you like to share? Uh, I don't have anyone in particular, but uh, for the Filipinos, uh, Philippine literature, I particularly admire the themes of uh, Nick Joaquin. Yes. Um, and for the <laughs> for the the other types of literature, well, how can we not mention Juan de la Cruz or Saint John of the Cross? Of I think even the the literary geniuses in um, Spain would recognize him as a as a great poet. Um, <laughs> yes. And uh, is there another person that I? Well, I admire also uh, the works of uh, C.S. Lewis mm-hmm. and uh, Tolkien, of course. So, the great uh, fantasy writers of the 20th century, uh, Lewis and ca- Catholic fan- fantasy writers. Of course, I also love. Maybe we, that's another episode. We could talk about Nick Joaquin and these people. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, James, it's a wonderful uh, This is very wonderful and a grace that uh, you have given your wisdom and your time for this podcast. Okay, uh, any any quick message for our young people, our listeners for this podcast? Okay, so hmm, that's a bit um, impromptu. <laughs> <laughs> um, always look forward to learn and to to go out of your comfort zone not only for the feeling of adventure when you go out but also for the things that you would discover things that you do not know yet because there are a lot of things to know and a lot of uh, people to encounter and to meet and so i invite you to face every day as uh, as an adventure of going out of yourself and meeting people getting to know Um, people that we don't uh, normally get the chance to 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 know deeper and simply enjoy life yes enjoy life it is so uh, this is a very great experience to talk with you uh, James and hopefully you listeners you have uh, picked some important pieces that you could apply in your life or you could ponder on So again, uh, don't forget, silence is a very important part of our life. We need to also develop our relationship with God through prayer. And hopefully, as you journey with your life, with your, your, with your spiritual life, you can always encounter and always pray that God will reveal himself to you, whatever you're doing right now. And this is Jay again for Jay Walking. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. See you in another episode.